Well, hey, this is Eric. I'm one of the ministers at Regency. Just wanted to thank you for checking out this message. We're praying that God uses this message to draw your heart closer to Him. If you're ever in the Mobile area, we want to invite you to join us for worship on Sundays at 10 a.m. If you'd like to find out more information about Regency or to check out some other resources, visit our website at regencycc.org. Whose hero is a scientist and rocket developer from NASA, Werner von Braun. Homer is sent by his high school to Indianapolis to a national science fair, and he wins first place at the competition. And as people gather around him after the ceremony, admiring his trophy and congratulating him, an older man speaks to him Well done, son, great work. Homer thinks nothing of it. He, he's just caught up in the moment. Then a flurry of reporters descends on Homer. They ask, what did he say? What did who say, replied Homer? Van Braun, Werner Van Braun, they replied. He just shook your hand. And in that moment, Homer realizes that his hero in science, Werner Van Braun, has just shook his hand and has spoken to him and he didn't realize it. Have you ever wondered if you passed by someone famous and didn't realize it? Or I think we've all had the experience of being somewhere and we'll say, hey, look over there. That's someone, a football player or some, some kind of star. Now, that's not always the case because my wife would usually tell me, no, that's not who you think it is, Alan. So that's happened to me a number of times. But many people in Jesus' day missed him. They were in the very presence of God and did not recognize him. Maybe they were not looking for him as he appeared among them as a carpenter's boy. Perhaps they were too busy with the routine of their lives. Maybe they didn't want to see Jesus because he would alter their lifestyle and call for some significant changes in their lives. In John's introduction to Jesus that we have been exploring for the last two weeks, two words stand out to me. Received and recognized. John wanted his readers to see and experience Jesus firsthand. Our text this morning is John chapter 1, beginning at verse 9. This was the true light that coming into the world enlightens every person. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, and yet the world did not know him. He came to his own. And his own people did not accept him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. So John reveals good news and sad news about Jesus becoming human. The good news, Jesus is coming. 
that Jesus has come. John 1 verse 9, this was the true light that coming into the world enlightens every person. Jesus is the true light that the darkness cannot overcome was coming in flesh and blood. The true light that would point all mankind to the life as God knows it was appearing in person. The true light that would dispel the darkness of sin and death was visiting the planet. Jesus is the true light. He came into the world that was fallen and sinful, a world full of darkness and in need of light. Here's one of his great I am statements of Jesus, John chapter 8, verse 12. Then Jesus again spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. The one who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So Jesus is the light of the world, and those who follow him, Jesus says, will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Listen to how Zacharias' prophecy ends in Luke chapter 1, verses 78 and 79. Zacharias, the father of John the Baptist, because of the tender mercy of our God, with which the sunrise from on high will visit us to shine on those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. The light was to shine upon those who were in darkness and in the shadow of death, and it was to guide us into the way of peace. The sad news, verses 10 and 11, he was in the world and the world came into being through him and yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not accept him. Two responses that people make when Jesus is introduced are revealed in these verses. Number one, Jesus was ignored. The world did not know him. And I believe that we learn three things from this verse. The supreme fact of history, Christ was in the world, one of us, and walked among us. The supreme truth of history, the world was made through him. And the supreme tragedy of history, the world did not recognize him, did not know him. The first response, Jesus was ignored. The second response, Jesus was rejected. Verse 11, he came to his own, and his own people did not accept him. Rejected by the very people he created. They did not receive him and did not believe in him, and they finally crucified him. But the story does not end there. Verses 12 and 13 again. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Receiving Jesus means that when, we, when Jesus offers himself to us, that we welcome him into our lives through faith and obedience. We welcome him as Savior, as leader, as provider, as counselor, as protector, as our authority, 
and our King who rules our lives. So what must we do to recognize and receive Jesus? Well, number one, we must have a sincere desire to see him. A hunger, a longing, a craving, a, a yearning, something God. When shall I come and appear before God? I'll have to admit to all of you this morning, I've got a ways to go to follow what that psalm tells me to do. That as the deer pants for the water, my soul pants for you, God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. So we must have that sincere desire to see and to know him. But we must also open our eyes to see Jesus. A part of Paul's prayer in Ephesians 1 goes like this. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance of the saints, and what is the boundless grace, uh, greatness of his power toward us who believe. These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might. So we must open our eyes to really see him. And then, of course, we must believe in Jesus. Verses 12 and 13 again. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. So a faith that leads us to be born of water and the Spirit, a faith that saves when that faith obeys. John 3, verse 36, the one who believes in the Son has eternal life. But the one who does not obey the Son will not see life. But the wrath of God remains on him. And that's why I sometimes emphasize that that faith saves when that faith obeys. In December 1903, after many attempts, the Wright brothers were successful in getting their flying machine off the ground. Thrilled, they telegraphed this message to their sister Catherine, we have actually flown 120 feet. We will be home for Christmas. Well, Catherine hurried to the editor of the local newspaper and showed him this message. He glanced at it and he said, how nice. The boys will be home for Christmas. He totally missed the big news. Man had flown. Let's not miss the big news that the true light has come into our world. One of my favorite texts is Isaiah chapter 40, verses 9 through 11. We believe Isaiah 40 begins what many scholars refer to as the comfort section of the prophet Isaiah. 
because those first 39 chapters are more about God's judgment on his people. But then 40 through 66, he begins to say, God is going to come. God is going to be a source of comfort. He is going to bring us out of this Babylonian captivity. And so he says, beginning at verse 9, Go up on a high mountain, Zion, messenger of good news. Raise your voice forcefully, Jerusalem, messenger of good news. Raise it up. Do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. Behold, the Lord God will come with might, with his arm ruling for him. Behold, his compensation is with him and his reward before him. Like a shepherd, he will tend his flock. In his arms he will gather the lambs and carry them in the fold of his robe. He will gently lead the nursing ewes. Three things. God comes. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. And I think in that day and time, God is going to come and deliver you. And then God came in the person of His Son. And that is a message that I need to be able to raise and to say forcefully, here is your God. But also He rules. The text says, our God will come with might, with His arm ruling for Him. God rules. God is in control. God reigns. I like that sign I saw about here is the everyday forecast. God reigns and the sun shines. Now that is the weather forecast for every day of the week. God Reigns, R-E-I-G-N-S, I think you, I'm sure you got that. And the sun shines. But I think most importantly, we know that God reigns and that God is in control. And I think that's an important reminder to all of us as we're going through this very challenging time. But I think the important thing is that we want God to reign, to rule in our lives. God comes, He rules, and He cares. Like a shepherd, He will tend His flock. In His arm, He will gather the lambs. God cares, and God cared enough to send His Son who came to this earth who lived among us, who died that cruel death on the cross and God raised him up. But when I think about God's care, I, I think of that line from the How Great Thou Art. And when I think that God, his son not sparing, I scarce can take it in. It is difficult to fully comprehend and to understand that love. It, of course, reminded me of the Abraham story when Abraham is told to take and sacrifice his son. And then Paul in Romans 8 reminds us, 
he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, will he not freely give us all things? And I don't know if Paul was thinking back to that Abraham story because God spared Abraham's son at that point, but God who did not spare his own son. That tells you something about how much our God cares for each one of us. So let's say it very forcefully. God comes, He rules, and He cares. The true light that enlightens everyone has come into the world. If anyone needs to respond this morning, we're going to sing our song of encouragement. If there's anyone here who is ready to respond in faith, repentance, and baptism, to be born of the water and the Spirit, as John tells us there, of course, in the Nicodemus story in John chapter 3, we want to... If you desire the prayers of the congregation, we're here to pray with you and to pray for you. If there's any way that we can help you, we certainly want you to, to come and, and, and let us know that. But God comes, He rules, and He cares. Let's stand together and sing.